too. Ukraine's glory hasn't perished, nor her freedom upon us. Fellow compatriots, fate shall smile once more. Our enemies shall vanish like dew in the morning sun. And we too shall rule brothers in a free land of our own. We'll lay down our souls and bodies and attain our freedom. This is Was That In Good Taste. Your number one source for breaking news two weeks after the fact is brought to you by <laughs> Superficially Informed Correspondents. We're your hosts, Chandler Phillips and James Beery. And we don't know anything about anything, but we'll still talk about it because it's topical and also very important, actually, not to diminish it. Though our opinions may not be important, the event itself is important. And these dates shall live on in infamy. In infamy. What dates are we talking about? Well, in this past week, uh, February 21st, the world witnessed as uh, Russia invaded the sovereign nation of Ukraine. But first, before we talk about this really serious subject, don't forget to listen to Was That In Good Taste and Behind the Bar everywhere you can listen to podcasts such as Anchor FM and S- Stitcher and Spotify and Apple. also <laughs> and, and <laughs> uh, it's really weird when talking about serious things to like sit back and to like be like, hey, we're going to talk about something that impacts people. People at this very moment are dying. Yeah. And Shit's we're gonna, going down. We're going to talk about it and treat it with respect, but also we're going to laugh from the comfort of our, where we are, that's comfortable. It's a privileged laughter, but we're not laughing down. We're laughing with them. Or at least attempting to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just imagine the, oh, the, they're like in the fucking trenches, like, and somebody's listening to us. Like, <laughs> we didn't act, like, talk about the, this very serious thing that's happening. Just like, oh, boy, that's a red scare. <laughs> oh, boy, that's so, so sad. Um, Yeah, so usually we start with behind the bar. So that's where we do what? We take a step at the bar, technically, and we talk about what's going to happen behind the bar, which is our podcast on Mondays where we take a deep breath and talk about the liquor we're drinking, the cocktail we're having. And this week, we're focused on vodka. And I wanted to kind of get into it kind of fast for a reason. There's a good reason. Yeah. Because it's vodka. It's vodka. And vodka is associated with what country? Russia. Russia. And we're talking about Russia's unfortunate invasion of Ukraine. If... Is is vodka the national beverage of Russia? Well, funny you should ask. Uh, though Russia is associated with uh, the vodka consumption and production, they don't actually have a national alcoholic beverage. Um, I'm drawing a blank on what the name for the uh, national drink of Russia is, but it's a fermented, non- non-alcoholic, grain-based beverage, kind of like a... Uh, like a non-alcoholic beer. I'm going to struggle to say it. Yeah. Kavas? Oh, yeah, Kavas. It's, I think it's Kavas. There's no... Uh, or Kavas. Kavas. Maybe it's Kavas. There's no hyphens or anything in the thing. Kavas. A traditional fermented non-alcoholic beverage commonly made from rye bread. While it's seen as a national non-alcoholic beverage, it is vodka that most Russians identify as their national alcoholic beverage. Ah, so you read the same uh, Wikipedia <laughs> entry that I did. <laughs> sure do love sounding like I know what I'm talking about when I'm really just looking at a Wikipedia article. See, I remembered it. <laughs> well, go you. You know what I don't remember? What's that? The majority of what led up to this Ukrainian-Russia conflict, so I had to study it. 
Yeah, so usually we spend fucking forever kind of like dicking around, but we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get through. So before we leave the bar, and you can catch up, or catch up with more of the the actual vodka um, when when you go behind What's the bar. What's it called with again? Us. It is Nemiroff. Uh, it's Nemiroff grain based vodka. It's a. Oh my god! It's propaganda. We are the propaganda. No, we're doing propaganda. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. it's propaganda. But it... you're doing propaganda. That's why. That's why we're doing this. It's for the. <laughs> it's for the propaganda. All right. Like we're we're trying to get a paycheck here, baby. I'm a, you drink the fuck out of that. I'm against any and all propaganda. Well, I'm. Against, but I'm not against Nimorov. I'm against honey and pepper impropaganda. I'm not against Nim. I'm against all kinds of propaganda, but I'm not against Nimrov pepper and honey vodka. So, as I said in the in the behind the bar episode, I couldn't get my hands on the honey and pepper Nimrov. So, if you see it, please feel free to reach out to us. Let us know where we could also obtain this bottle of honey pepper and vodka. we won't invade you. No, we won't even snitch, I swear. There's no snitching. No, we won't even, like, join NATO if you don't want us to. Like, just let us know where this bottle is. Please. And also, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. It's super important because we do this for free. We do this because we love to do it, but also we have to pay rent and things and costs. So, Chandler. Yes. Well, isn't Russia awesome? Man... Russia is one toxic ex-boyfriend, I tell you what. So before we really get into anything, I really wanted to focus and take like two minutes to really clamp down and say that obviously when we use Russia, it's kind of like the royal we. I'm not talking about the fucking amazing Russian people who fucking go to work every day and work hard and just like exist trying to make things happen. Yeah, we're not talking about Russian citizens. Yeah, we're not talking about fucking... I don't know, Joshua. There's a Russian Joshua somewhere. He's just fucking there, and he's just, like, chilling, playing fucking League of Legends and going to work and, like, having mediocre sex with his girlfriend, and she's, like, cheating on him with, like, you know, Tatiana. Look, if Joshua's going to be hypothetical, can he at least be laying (laughs) pipe? (laughs) Like, come on. (laughs) Give Joshua the benefit (laughs) of the doubt. But, (laughs) like, we're obviously not talking about you know the ukrainian people are in monolith and neither are the russians obviously but what's happening in this world is crazy and when this episode comes out it's gonna be uh eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen it's gonna be like like 15 days after the beginning of the conflict and information that came out today the day that we're recording is that uh russia intended for this special military action to take 10 days. It will be past 10 days by the time this comes out. So the things we're talking about, you have to understand that we're talking about it kind of in a bubble of where we are now. So... Yeah, we don't even have the context of the future. So, like, if you want to come criticize us, you know, visit us now. Get a time machine. Yeah, visit do us it. As we do, do it. Do it. Oh, shit. Ah. Chandler, it's you. <laughs> James, I'm telling you. Just record the podcast as if you guys were going to. It's it's going to be totally fine. Um, turns out, a couple years from now, time machines, super dope, super easily affordable. <laughs> uh, it's practically the YouTube of 2030. Like, nobody watches porn anymore. Everybody just goes off and beats themselves off. Yeah. You just go back in time. You jerk yourself off. I don't know. Maybe you go to one of those old timey uh, porn houses where you get to sit in a theater with a bunch of other people who are also jerking themselves off with their future <laughs> doppelgangers. Oh god! Speaking of which, present now, Chandler. Do you want to? Do you want? Yeah, I gotta. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta record a thing, but but I'll get back to you on that. Put can that you, thing away. Can you stay put? Is a is there like a ticking clock on the whole? time travel thing i know i know there's a lot of loopholes in oh modern God. science fiction um so ukraine russia 
So I, for a lot of people who don't kind of understand anything of what's going on, because there are a lot of people who listen, the average age of listeners of this podcast is 28 years old. A lot of people were very young when the dissolution of the US, when the USSR happened. Okay. Um, I wasn't even born yet. You weren't even born. When the USSR was dissolved. Which was in uh, 91, which I'm looking at my notes, <laughs> but I had to remember that because I'm a dummy. The Union of the Soviet Socialist Republics. So to, to just give brief context, Russia, the center, which uh, Russia, uh, Moscow, and Kiev, the main center of the USSR. Which, another weird, weird kind of just historical point, in the way back when, like in the 1500s, um, the, like, I guess, primary Slavic empire of the time was the Kievan Rus. Yes. It was based out of Ukraine, but it was like, that was their, the, 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 what is now the capital of Ukraine was like the, the capital of an empire that spanned real fucking big. Yeah. It was a big ass empire. Uh, if you actually look at the, the conversation with USSR, which it's, it's kind of important for just context of existing. Um, Ukraine has always existed. It, so the USSR exists. It, it's of the Soviet states. Yeah. Ukraine was just one of the satellite states of the USSR. Much like Lithuania and uh, Latvia. It's just... And, well, those were more on the northwest, and Ukraine's a little bit more eastern, mm-hmm. a little bit more southern. It's kind of like the last, the last one before you go into... The Balkan states, right? Yes. And it's it's super interesting because the USSR being dis, uh, being dissolved in uh, 1991 means there's a lot of upheaval, upheaval. But the states didn't just fall out into random blocks. They kind of fell out into what they already existed as. Yeah, I like, mean, they existed as places even before the USSR. Which was only from like 19... I don't even look at my notes from this. It was like, what, 1923, I think it was. It was not that it, it it was uh so from the late eighteen hundreds was a formation of like a proto USSR. Yeah. Then the USSR itself existed from the early nineteen hundreds to ninety one. Because the USSR wasn't technically involved in World War One. No. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. That, it was still the the yeah. em- Russian Empire. Yes. Now that's the thing that's super interesting. Is that obviously Russia has had a lot of influence in that area, and you know people exist places, but you don't just get to go places and do things and and murder people for no reason. Oh boy, here I go killing again. Here I go killing again. Also, so I see here in the notes you were talking about like the anti-communist protests. Uh <sighs> Well, again, I wasn't alive then, so I'm just going based off of the whole... Russia is not communist. The we are, the world... No, of course. Yeah. Russia is not communist. Well, no no one's actually communist. Everyone wants to say they're communist until it's time to be communist. It's not completely true, because at at one point uh, in USSR, there was a huge communist movement. The failure of communism, this is like a random tangent in the USSR was not because communism failed. It's because nobody liked what was happening there. So just like today, they did a lot of sanctions and blockades and they did a lot of things that negatively impacted the people. Bread didn't cost $15 in the USSR because communism. It cost that much because a lot of other states and and sovereign countries decided that it would be that way. They're like, oh, so you want to buy our bread, huh? Yeah, that that's one hundred percent the truth. Looks like you're gonna starve, buddy. Um, and I understand that like Ukraine as a as a like you you have it written here that Ukraine is not its own nation until, at like right after the dissolution, right of it the, took them three times to declare their independence. Three times, I tell you, three whole times. Now, then, this is where we get into even before we get today, like. The formation of NATO. Yeah. Do you know what NATO is? Because a lot of people 
have been talking a lot. I was talking to a coworker about this. Do you know what NATO is? What NATO's purpose is? What why NATO exists? It's the uh, North American Trade Organization. But what is NATO? Um, like, if you were to like a quick sentence, what does NATO do? NATO is the UN before the UN knew it had to be the UN. Nope. Kinda? Very different. Oh, wait, no, okay. NATO is, uh, alright, so you know the Phantom Menace? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. NATO's the Republic. No. Fuck! Okay. NATO. NATO is, um, okay. NATO is a Star Trek character who only speaks in proverbs. He speaks, but does not listen. He thinks, but does not understand. Fuck. (laughs) Um, NATO is a defensive pact. Pact? Pact? Treaty, yeah. It's a defensive defensive pact between a bunch of countries. It's a circle jerk. (laughs) NATO doesn't take over countries... NATO doesn't really do anything at all. It just exists to say, if you hit me, you hit them. Yeah. NATO doesn't even have an army. It's At least the UN has like that, a standing something something or other. NATO has like a thousand. I think NATO has like, it has like a small like. It has pledges of people. It's, it does. That's NATO is made up of pledges. And uh, they need to line up and eat the biscuit. <laughs> so here you have this 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 defensive pact, this, this this treaty between countries, and then you have Russia, the largest single country, the largest single country landmass. Yeah, square footage. Now, yeah, currently, yeah. only about 144 million people. You know, we talk about the square footage, but look at the location. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Real estate. Go like, on. I buy it for a penny. Um, <laughs> I got something to say about the fucking ruble. <laughs> you just set yourself up for your own commentary. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but fuck, I, I definitely did. <laughs> you know... Looking at all this fucking history, it's really fucking hard to like pick a point to focus on because after the fall of the USSR, right, Russia was hobbled. After World War II, Russia had lost something. This is not in our, our show notes, which should be in the description of the show, just in case you want to look at this information. Um, and then Google yourself. There's no links in there because I'm lazy this week. Um, yeah, fair. I didn't put any links. <laughs> something about right 44 million people were like killed, and then like you know Stalin like had Russians like bought in to like replenish the population and stuff like that. M- millions, tens of millions of people died. Damn, tens of millions of people. So Russia. Was Wait, hop- he replenished the population that he helped decimate? Yes. Oh, Stalin. <laughs> uh, the the really you know, paying Peter to pay to but or borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Gotta gotta give Russia a little love though, because uh, World War Two, like who ended that? Who 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 gets the love? Who who should get the love? Because it's always the U.S. When you look at U.S. media and movies. But it wasn't the U.S. It was India. I mean, if you really want to talk about... Okay. Talk about size and influence and the, the fact that they were under kind of like British... Um, not necessarily control, but like definitely influence. Let's say, you know, just for the hot take, just to derail you, just to really throw a wrench in whatever argument you're throwing up right now. What? No, I'm India. just saying... That like the denazification, quote unquote, of what was happening. You know, Russia had a huge, huge. The USSR had a huge, huge hand in that. Oh yeah, and they had a huge part in getting rid of Nazis. Yes, that's that's the bet. When it comes to at the end of the day, the force that helped the most. Yeah, was the USSR was the was probably the most influential 
towards the end. Well, because even Britain and U.S. were good at, you know, making Nazis surrender. The Russians were good at making sure there were no Nazis. Yes. <laughs> so when it comes to, like, the history, we, let's let's be fair. Let's Let's give them a little love. Let's give this nation its due. Mm-hmm. I'll give it its fair Which shake. is why when Putin gets on TV in the news and says things like, uh, we're going to focus on the denazification of Ukraine. I don't know about this there, sir. Well, because their last denazification um, involved war crimes. <laughs> and um, it wasn't, uh, let's say, uh, it wasn't too PC. Put it to you that way. So here's a question I have to ask, because I've done nothing for the last week but read about, study, research, and focus on what's happening. Yeah. What do you know about what's happening? And from what's happening... Do I know what's happening, or do I know what happened? Well, let me know. I'm dropping. I'm here to Uh, listen. I'm here. I'm here for it. Because I think in order to really understand... The events that are unfolding as we speak in Russia. We have to start at the beginning. But really, the beginning begins in the middle. <laughs> in, the, in the middle. <laughs> begins at the end. In the middle is actually the end. And we've only just arrived at the interlude. Um, It'll happen. It'll happen again. That's it. So first, we start with... Where did Ukraine come from? We touched on that a little bit. It was its own sovereign country. It then was like its its own territory. Um, Which we have to understand quickly that like it wanted at that point it wanted to be part of Russia. Russia was a huge power. Yeah, as in the, the region. USSR. Yes, before even before that, because Russia existed as its own large power. Mm, the, the the satellite states they wanted to be well. That's actually what I was curious about because I only looked back to post Soviet. I didn't look pre Soviet. I mean, I'm not talking about the the Minsk Agreement, which is like the Minsk Agreement is like it's like NATO, but like you well, are you a part of it or we kill you. Like you know, that's like the Minsk Agreement, but like pre the Minsk Agreement. And like pre, like real pre USSR, these states were smaller, but they were still, but they still were independent. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Is that it existed as an independent state that I know don't come for me prior to the formation of the USSR. Yes. USSR starts to break down. Ukraine declares independence first time. USSR is still not fully dissolved, so they're like, ha. Yeah, we'll get to that. Then it takes two more times in Ukraine eventually after the dissolution of uh, of the Soviet state. Then um, Ukraine finally declares its independence. They spend basically the 90s to the early 2000s trying to westernize and uh, rebuild from the, the sanctions and all the shit that was put on the entirety of the Soviet state. So they got a guy in charge. He's doing all right. He's a, he's a little authoritarian, but just a little bit, just a little, just a little touch. I mean, old habits die hard, right? So they're making some Western Westernization, I suppose, and then uh, you know, in a little bit of it's it's kind of a contest. It was still basically a parking lot for Putin's navy, or not Putin. This wasn't Putin at the oh, time. Oh, uh, oh fuck! I can't remember the name. Fuck! I cannot remember the name of oh. fucking. Because remember, because Putin was the prime minister. Was this right? Gorbachev? Maybe I, maybe Gorbachev. I don't fucking remember. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. I don't know, I'm not looking at the fucking notes here. It doesn't really matter because 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 at the time the whole area was destabilized and really like Ukraine, you could view it as a vassal state because yeah. it was its independence. Its independence was recognized as a result of the Minsk Agreement because. Well, this is what I thought was kind of interesting because the USSR dissolved. Now, Ukraine was formerly just kind of a stockpile area. They were sitting on just a bunch of fucking weapons that they couldn't use. That they couldn't use, but people didn't want them to just be sitting on. 
but by people, and this is one of the biggest uh, failures, I think, is that if you're going to be in, they should have kept the nukes. I'm not a huge fan of like mutually assured destruction, like as, as a political platform, as a defense strategy, but they yeah, had. When it comes down to it, you'd rather be the guy with nukes than the guy without nukes. They literally had the war. They had Moscow's. They had Moscow. They had the world's largest stockpile of. But they couldn't Earth. do anything with it. And what happened was, is that politically, the U.S. was like, okay, so we're really working towards the uh, nuclearization. We were really trying to do that. Um, I mean, we can have them, and like Russia can have them, and Europe can have them, but nobody else can really have them. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is, is we really want to like denuclearize. Ukraine having nukes, even nukes they can't use. We think Russia, wink, wink, really, we just don't want them to have them. We think Russia is not going to like the fact that they have them, and mm. that'll make it so that uh, we can't really come to an agreement when it comes to denuclearization and, and scaling down the production of nuclear weapons. So it's kind of like when the cops say, hey, if you ever find drugs... Make sure you turn them into a police station. <laughs> and you're like, I'm pretty sure those cops are going to do these drugs. <laughs> it is it is kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> it, it's super interesting because delegalization was a very, very big fucking deal. And Ukraine, being the state having it, even if they couldn't use them, doesn't mean they couldn't have eventually used them. I mean, yeah, you get the, you eventually get the, get the tech. They should have kept the fucking nukes. They probably could have kept the fucking nukes. But also, if they would have kept the fucking nukes, where would we be right now? That's true because... Russia probably would have invaded a decade and a half ago. But maybe even more than that because we're thinking of uh, Ukraine today under Zelensky who, like, you know, uh, literally his election, his, his him being elected was really what a lot of whom my, my personal experience talking to Ukrainian people they a lot of you know, young people thought that like he is a new. There's something he is modernizing Ukraine, right? Right. Before that, it was still kind of you know. I mean, it was stuffy white guy after stuffy white dude. But also people su- uh, supported by Russia. Yeah. You know. Well, then you get into the whole um, what was it twenty? Oh yeah, the two thousand four election with uh, Yanukovych and Yushchenko. I'm really impressed. I thought I was going to have to take a drink on that one. Because I... <laughs> I I remember watching shit go down in the news being like, oh, man, I'm too young to understand what is going on there. But, whoo, it looks nasty. But, so we so we jumped to... Uh, Which, I got to make the comment about Yashinko getting poisoned. Hmm. Because isn't it interesting that the last person who ran against Putin... Literally got poisoned yeah. outside of the, of the country, but survived. And then when he came back to the country, he just got arrested. It, it seems <laughs> like whoever is the the prior, priority poison distributor in uh, of the for the KGB or whoever, whomever, it might be CIA. It might be all of them. <laughs> KGB, CIA, MIB. That's the men in black. Whoever's doing these... Men in pink. MIB, that's men in black again. You thought I was going to say men in blue, right? Whoever it is, they need to get better poison. They need to get the poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Cusco's poison. It's funny because I'm older than you, but I remember... Very little about any of this, except for that the USSR was being like dissolved and that it was still up in the air. The first time that I really came to understanding what was happening here was 2014. Oh, uh, okay. Because really, 2014 is the start of what the, the conflict that like Putin is using kind of an excuse now, you know. Right, that was it's kind of a false flag. Well, yes, can I say that? Yes, okay, you can use false flags, false flags are real things that happen. I mean, not everything that happens ever from any company ever or any government ever does is a false flag, but usually, uh, if you recognize the independence of 
uh, of a region of a place that you know it may not be recognized by their own sovereign government, and then you use that as a pretense for invasion. That might actually be the definition of a false flag. Yeah. Um. In 2014. So this is definitely the fear, I think, that uh, in my personal opinion, as I guess a person who has opinions about things but is not educated, uh, Putin's fears about NATO and the and, and the EU is Ukraine as a buffer between the West, quote-unquote, because, I mean, Europe is there, so that's not really the West, but, you know, whatever, the West, like I mean, whiteness, yeah. like the West. Um Having Ukraine join the EU puts a lot of pressure, not because it'll fucking destroy Russia, but like having a state next to you that's part of a uh, the organization of the West is going to influence the people in your lands to be more Western. Yeah, it's which, a cultural. Impact. I mean, like Russia is a huge capitalist land owned by fucking capitalist oligarchs. See, but I the don't, people don't benefit from that. But that's what I don't understand is like. Russia would benefit. Look, certain degrees of capitalism, any degree of capitalism, it can be taken to an exploitative and unethical means. I mean, that's what capitalism does. That's what capital. That's in capitalism's nature. However, hey, you get a Wendy's open up, you get a McDonald's opening up. Russia is the end point of capitalism because capitalism can be very. Ta- what happens is. Is that people always say, we need people on the bottom, right? And one of the things in America we always talk about is like, ah, oh, the dying middle class. Because capitalism doesn't need a middle class. Nah. It only needs people on top, people on the bottom. A two-party system. And in Russia, there's only the top and the bottom. It's already endgame. If you're Putin, who's probably just as rich, if not just slightly richer, or less richer than the Saudi royal family, mm-hmm. on the quote-unquote low... Right, and your oligarchs are all rich. Yeah, you keep them happy. You don't. Why? why it doesn't matter that your country. It doesn't matter. You have. You don't need a middle class. Exactly. That's why, because when there's a middle class, then you get pushback, and it's re- it's much more difficult to fight against, fight back, or uh, try to influence people. When people start getting more educated and have access to things. Like middle management is such a hassle when you can just fire them all like who and me? automate. Just be the boss. Yeah. There's a, there's a photo that I've seen that's like uh, the difference between like uh, a Ukrainian presidency and it's like Zelensky and a fucking hole with like his people and uh, a Putin who's like in a fucking room and it's like the long, it's like comically long table. Oh, I saw He's like at the head of the table (laughs) and the table's like 50 feet long and like the people, and I think it's because he's going to get poisoned or some fucking weird shit or whatever. Right. But like, they're like at the other fucking end and it's just like, this is some weird fucking wild shit. Okay. Yeah, this is some Mad Hatter. uh, It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. But... You have to keep your distance from everyone else if you're going to be, like, we were talking about exploitation. You can't be Jeff Bezos without being exploitative, right? And you can't be richer than Jeff Bezos without being exploitative. And there's a certain (laughs) level of rich. And fucking, you don't know how much Putin has, but, like, he's, you you cannot be, like, literally, that he has to be probably a fucking trillionaire. I'm just going to fucking, whatever, he's probably a fucking trillionaire. And you can't do that without being exploitative and absolutely having complete control of everything around you. Well, without also being paranoid that you don't have control over everything around you. So here's the question, okay? Because a lot of my, like, uh, Hassan Piker, who was a, um, he he worked for the Young Turks and is the largest political streamer on Twitch. His position was that Putin was not going to do anything. That was political posturing, political posturing, political posturing. Vosh, who is the largest, uh, uh, one of uh, one of the largest YouTube political streamers. Now, this is a little different because Hassan, like during this, he was having a peak of like 120,000 people watching concurrently, mm. and Vosh was having like 20,000. But still, he's he's big in the space, right? You know, and they had different opinions. Hassan is like, I don't think that people are going to be doing this. I don't think I don't think that Putin is going to fucking invade Ukraine. It makes no sense. 
because if he invades Ukraine, if he does anything against Ukraine, even if it's only uh, to go into the Donbass and uh, 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 I literally know the name of it, sure. but my fucking brain is broken right now. I I I don't uh oh, whatever oh my fucking god oh I got you oh Luansk Luansk Lunsk Luhansk Lunsk Lunsk the Donetsk and Lunsk regions right which have been destabilized by Russia intentionally by him funding just the way the U S did in Syria by funding military groups in there separatist groups to dis- to the to destabilize the region just like in Naboo but like if you think about it like this if you do that okay that's fine but it makes no sense as Russia to to fucking dive into invading Ukraine because if you get sanctioned what happens it literally nobody wants to go to war Ukraine unfortunately doesn't matter to the United States as a government because they don't have nukes okay yeah so if they fucking die, it sucks, whatever the fuck. But we can penalize Russia in ways that harms them dramatically. And slows their progress in taking Ukraine, which... Slows? I, I mean, there, I, here's, the, here's the thing. I, I saw a uh, thing, for, I think it was wi- uh, Wired. Um, the title said, uh, uh, President Zelensky doesn't want to be idealized. He just wants your help. Because there's all these these things idealizing him because he's on the ground and he's really making it happen, right? But the reality is is that despite what anybody says, even if it's true that the seven to fifteen mile long caravan of tanks and things got held up and is falling apart because the majority of the tanks are like fucking like Soviet era fucking tanks and and Russia's having logistic problems. Russia is larger than Ukraine. Yeah. It has more soldiers than Ukraine. You're giving even them a whole, I'm bigger than you. I'm, I'm Even if it's falling apart, it will eventually win. It, it will win. And <laughs> assuming, assuming NATO doesn't. But it's not going to. No, NATO's never going to intervene because. Weren't they? Weren't they just recently no. saying uh, no, 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 no? So the UN like did a did their finger wag, which by the way I love politics because the UN Council has permanent members. Permanent members are U.S., China, Japan, the and EU, Russia. right, and Russia. And if one permanent member member votes no, then it's vetoed automatically. Ah. <laughs> so <laughs> which the US uses all the time. But it's like the political finger wag was the UN going, "Hey, we want to be like uh the UN they always do. It's very important politically, I guess to do this to condemn the actions of Russia." Yep. Russia vetoed it. <laughs> of course. No. NATO is not going to do anything because that means nuclear war. That's actually what it means. The reason why uh, this is happening, I think, because I think it's a proxy war between Putin and the United States. But you can't attack the United States because that's nuclear war. Right. No one wants nuclear is war. Is it with the U.S., though, or is it with the U.S., EU I mean, with, West, with the yeah. West. But I feel like... Uh, it's more a personal fuck you to Biden. I feel like there was a lot of rhetoric coming into this year and the even a hint of sanctions uh, that were even hinted about before this happened that I think put a lot of pressure on Russia. But in addition to that, you have to kind of look at the reality on the ground, which is that uh, I'm not sure why Putin is doing this. Because Russia cannot hold Ukraine. Ukraine is 44 million people. Russia is a big place. But Russia's economy, while not in shambles, is definitely in the in the state where it's growing. It's not even where China is, right? Right. So... How is it in and and so if you if you were a political strategist and you said okay we're gonna try to stabilize Russia, I mean uh, Ukraine right. what they do they they annex Crimea easy, Crimea like a lot of Ukraine has a lot of Russian people in it mm-hmm. and kind of wanted to be Russia, easy, the Donetsk and and uh, and, and Lunsk region, regions are complicated because Maybe of a little bit tougher you know but 
uh, maybe if you threw your troops in there, maybe you can kind of annex those too. Might not be good. Maybe you get some sanctions a little bit, but you start shelling like, the capital and you start lining 10,000 or 100,000 troops on the border, just waiting, just jumping at the chance, actively working and bombing the capital of Ukraine is not even a small military action that you can disagree with. That's kind of the opposite of peacekeeping. It, it is. It's not much peace at that point. So the question is, what is the end game? What is the end game for this? To get the Infinity Stones. I mean, maybe he is some Thanos shit. Uh, I think uh, somebody said earlier today that they were like, oh, maybe he's senile. I think that Putin's uh, want to reestablish uh, the, the 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 Soviet Union or the or, or or something similar to what kind of existed before is is not um, is is not in doubt. He he definitely. I'm not gonna. He, I don't think that Putin wants to take over the world, but he sure as fuck wants what what is his back. Yeah. Well, and also he's able to invigorate his base by doing these kind of strongman posturing. And it's gotten to the point where he's kind of on a world stage has lost so much sex appeal that in order for him to invigorate his base, even in a fixed election, you have to you have to put it on the table. You have to flop it out. And so he's flopping it out, but it's coming out kind of limp. And he's like, don't worry, it'll get hard. And we're like, okay. It's just kind of assault at this point. It's not really, like, threatening. <laughs> I mean, it is threatening. I don't want to. So there's, um, there's a piece of rhetoric that, that Putin was using, which was, he, and I'm quoting him because I have it written down here. The situation requires us to take decisive swift, swift action. That Russia will will carry out the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. Do you know about the Azov Battalion? I do not know about the Azov Battalion. It's actually full of Nazis. So, Hmm. because of Ukraine's need to fight for independence, right? Classic. The Ukrainian government... I don't know. I, I'm actually, fuck me if somebody hears this and they're like, well, you were off. At some point after 1991 was like, anybody who's in our borders, who's down for the fucking cause, fucking let's do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then fucking the the last president whose name is written here, but I don't want to fucking look because I can't remember his fucking name, was like, yeah, you guys fucking are now part of our fucking military but it's literally a fucking battalion of fucking Nazis. Like <clears throat> like old school Nazis? Like Nazis Nazis. Okay. Like the get shit done kind of Nazis or like let's get in the truck kind of no, Nazis? No, totally get shit done kind of Nazis. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know? But it's also very small. Uh, okay. But still. But here's the thing uh, is that this little, this little tiny piece, this little tiny, let's say it's, let's say it's 100 people. Right, that's still a hundred Nazis, hundred people, and I will get my scouts. <laughs> the, the the president of Ukraine, uh, uh, oh, I'm about to take a drink. Vladimir, Vladimir, this is the current, yeah, Zelensky, yeah, yeah Zelensky. He is Jewish. He's definitely not a fucking Nazi. Ukraine is not a Nazi state. Fucking like forty million Jews died in fucking Ukraine. Uh, and uh, there's still a lot of Jews in the Ukraine. Yes, there's a lot of Ukraine. yes. It's not you know, um, and this is the thing about uh, propaganda is that you use a little truth, right? Because it's a little history. There's a little history of Nazis there. There's a little tiny history, a little little teeny little history. You know, a little teeny history. That's kind of like if the U.S. used Nazis as a pretext to invade like Brazil. <laughs> it, it's true though. It is. It's like Wait, uh, could. Could we they use probably that could. as a pretext to invade, or like if we needed it as a pretext to invade Texas, you know, denazification. This is one of those things that kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, what that is interesting with Israel, which, by the way, is on good terms with both Russia and Ukraine. 
classic Israel. <laughs> um, I'm playing both sides. So either way. <laughs> and there's the phrase both sides. Because <clears throat> so I, I like to the people the people out of this because I know Russian people and Ukrainian people and all of them are mixed Ukrainian and Russian. No, I don't know. Yeah. You know, the people who are pro-Russia right now in Russia, unless they're like really fucking evil, they don't fucking know what the fuck is going on. There's Right. People in the fucking America are like, yeah, let's fucking go and get the and fucking get the people in fucking Iraq. They don't fucking understand what's happening there. And it's really hard and really unfair to to judge the average Russian from understanding and supporting what they see, the supporting their government on TV. Right. Especially when you hear the stories of, I saw a video today on fucking Twitter. There's a guy who translates videos and like fact checks them. And it's like this kid and he's like a fucking Russian shoulder soldier and they captured him and they fucking gave him hot chocolate and had him call his mother. And it's like, it turns out that apparently Obviously, I don't have the evidence of this, but it's been you, we've been seeing a lot of tale of people not fucking even knowing they're going to fucking war. They were told that they're going to do a military exercise huh. and to go that way. Yeah, just keep walking. <laughs> that way, if anyone stops them, it's not an act of war. It's just a military and exercise. And then it's like, oh, did I get turned around again? <laughs> it's like, and you know, and then and, and, and so you have uh, a, a, a country and I was talking to a customer, uh, uh, Tatiana, who, when she spoke, she spoke as a Ukrainian. But when she was talking about Russia, because she's also part Russian, she's also like half Russian, she used us. She said us. Mm. She was like, we have mandatory. Wait, mil- was it us or Russ? What? As in <laughs> Russ, the Russian people. Well, no, well us. But, oh, okay. you know, but she was referring to themselves Russian Russian people she was she was telling me she was like we are so when she was talking about Ukraine she was like us Ukrainian people she's like we're she was also ragging Russia she was like we're we're just living the dream we're just like trying to make it happen and have you been to Russia Russia is like like it's terrible there's nothing there they don't have any infrastructure which she's been I haven't been so okay I guess yeah so you, you know I mean but she said she was like but we when we when we're in Russia, we have mandatory military. And she's like, a lot of these people, she's like, you go for two years and you do push-ups and you like, you know, you march. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go to war. Yeah. And so you have You just do your basic service so that way your country can say, We have this many people enlisted at any given time. You have a country full of these people throwing these innocent people just at the fucking wall, and they're gonna win. You know, but the question is at what cost? Yeah. Right? So I, I, I made a, a thing in the show notes, which is interesting. I put V-Bucks. Do you know what V-Bucks are? No. So um, you ever got a gift card, right? You get a gift card. Yeah. And it says on the back, it's like no cash value. It says the cash value of each dollar on this gift card is zero is point is zero point zero 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 one cent. It okay. always says that. Because in some states, like Texas, you can take a gift card and you can cash it out. So if you have a Starbucks gift card, you can you can go to Starbucks and be like, I don't want it anymore. They can give you the cash. It'll be like a fraction of that? No, no. It'll be the exact amount. But in most states, in order to reduce the, the cash value, mm-hmm. the actual value of each dollar on the card is 0.0001 cent. V-Bucks, which is the currency... A Fortnite is zero point zero zero nine five percent. The ruble right now, the value of the ruble, the currency of Russia, is zero point zero 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 nine one percent. The value of the ruble is less than the fucking value of one V buck on Fortnite. On fucking Fortnite, one million fucking rubles. Is nine thousand dollars? Okay, but okay, but relative to like, it was a dollar before. It was almost equal. Oh shit! It was like ninety cents to the dollar. Oh shit, Russia, you guys all yeah. fucked up. Okay, Putin, because like if you were going like, they're saying that one yen 
is equal. No, no, no. To, I'm like, well, that's a yes. Russia, in an attempt to stave off the pain from the, the, the sanctions, oh, this is so crazy, is that he did an executive order that anybody who has access to their money, which they don't, because the sanctions have fucked a lot of you, like Russian people, so they yeah, can't even now, access their fucking money. Now all the rich oligarchs can't even access their shit that's offshore. Yeah, but, but neither can the poor people and the people who are like Twitch streamers in fucking Russia. They, you know, oh. they can't get fucking paid. The poor oh. the people who fucking work as engineers or, you know, or ex or working or work, you know, just regular fucking people can't access their money either. They are required by law to give eighty percent of their foreign foreign currency and convert it. To rubles. 80%? Yeah. Shit. But they can't access it. And then as of, uh, I think it was as of March 1st, I believe, every 80% of any other foreign currency they earn has to be converted to rubles. So, hey, we know you got this foreign currency that might actually be worth something, but uh, <laughs> go fuck yourself. What? Because they're trying or, to stave up the ruble. Or is this the best time to buy into the ruble? And I was going to fucking ask you that because, yo, this is totally legal. This is so fucking legal. Russia's, Hella legal. Russia is still going to be a fucking country. Okay? Yeah, Russia ain't going you know? anywhere. And technically buying rubles will benefit Russia. But I don't have enough money to really benefit Russia. So if I spend like $1,000 in rubles and Russia is still a country in like two months... Fucking rich. Oh, fuck. Okay, ethically speaking, though, are you supporting? No ethical consumption under capitalism. (laughs) But there's like extra unethical consumption. There's like, okay, I can't eat meat without it, you know, going towards the, the meat industry and harming other living creatures. But then there's like, I'm gonna buy a child sex slave. <laughs> like, like, there's actually, different I levels really, of ethical I really consumption. Should have laughed at that, you know. <laughs> so, like, you buy many. You, you ever buy a child sex slave? I'm gonna tell you something. Cheaper than buying a fucking cow. <laughs> Why buy the milk? Actually, that was I, the worst. I fucking. don't think I don't think that child I don't think that like uh, child trafficking is funny, but I feel like that was real. I feel like a fucking cow, like a fucking specimen of a cow that wagyu is worth more. Not even like a fucking American fucking cow is worth more than a fucking child. Well, I'd say if you fix that if it's a bull. It's a higher down, da- or you can even, you know. You can breed them and shit. You can breed it and flip it for a this profit. That's why abortion needs to happen. Call the children. Okay, the value of the, the, value of the child sex lives goes up. We don't even need to do that. We just start eating them. Mm, love it. Um, <laughs> President Zelensky is one of us. A memer? He's a, a millennial? Comedian. Oh, a comedian. Wait. He's an actual comedian. Did you just consider me a comedian? <laughs> oh, for once. <gasps> Uh, he was actually on a show where he played the president of Ukraine before he became the president of Ukraine. Bro, that's living the dream. So uh, recently he um, – so one of the big things that happened in, in I believe it was 2014 that started the, 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 the uprise of the people was that the president didn't sign the papers to join the EU. Oh, the EU so was, was like, uh... The EU was like, yo – it's going down. It's going down. There's a party happening. This is when uh, Yanukovych had taken the presidency back from uh, fucking uh, Yushchenko after the uh, there was a whole gas crisis because a state-owned Russian gas company was like, we're going to stop pumping unless you pay up. And then Ukraine was like, no. And then the rest of the uh, East Europe was like, dude, what the fuck? You, gotta, you guys get all the gas. It all goes through you. You got to do something. Anyway. Yushchenko, Putin, Putin backed, supposed to go sign these papers to join the agreement, join NATO, EU, all that good shit. They were in the club. They had the fucking letterman. If you join the EU, then you're gonna be up all up in the club. That's right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Step one, EU. They had the fucking letterman with the name embroidered in it and said Mm -hmm. Ukraine members only. And they were about to do the fucking handoff, and Yushchenko goes, psych, 
because the alleged uh, pressure from Russia to not join. So I have a clip here from the show that uh, that uh, wow wow my brain is dumb. What the, oh oh Zelensky Zelensky was on in which he played the president of Ukraine. It's a hilarious clip. Okay, that mirrors uh, something in reality. Are you ready for this? Hit me. Good morning, Mr. Kolobarochka. Can I connect you with Angela Merkel? Yes, you can connect. Hello. My congratulations. We decided to take your country to the European Union. Oh, fuck! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Oh, oh you know what? I'm so happy. Yes. Oh, oh uh, thank you very much. All the... Uh, Ukrainians and uh, all of our country, uh, we've been waiting for this so much time. Ukrainians? Yes, Ukrainians. Oh, I'm so sorry, that's a mistake. I was calling to Montenegro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Wanna get away? Oh my god. Is that not a fucking Southwest commercial? It is, though. It definitely. Oh my fucking god, it is. Oh, that's hilarious. Hilarious. (laughs) I think it's interesting because, um, you know, (laughs) art imitates fucking life. Sometimes and life, you know, imitates art. So, uh, one of the things I think is like super important though is like we're fucking like joking around and shit. But, um, so care.org is like this big organization that's doing a lot of on the ground stuff for Ukraine. Oh, damn. And people should fucking donate because the reality is. Is that it's fun to laugh at Zelensky being a comedian and he's funny as fuck in like a TV show and all that shit. But people are fucking actively dying. Yeah. For no reason. For no good reason. Like, there's. Why would Putin do this? This doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't benefit him. I'm in America, so nothing bothers me. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to talk about this from the luxury of our ivory tower here. Politically, United States is always in an interesting place, but people don't understand that geographically, we're lucky. Turkey is struggles a lot. Why? Because it's bordered by like three, four countries. Russia is in Asia and Europe. Right? Like, <laughs> you oh know, my God, pick a party. Like it's, you know, uh, we, we benefit because Canada is mountainous. Uh, the boreal forest separates us in Canada. The majority of Canada is unlivable and it separates us from Russia. And Mexico, we stole most of the land, and yeah. we had like the Panama Canal and Puerto Rico. So we're we're dope and we're cool. So like nothing in South America is really going to happen to us, and we're far as fuck from Russia, and we're far as fuck from China. So we are geographically just lucky. It's like, like nothing can happen without us knowing about it. So we play Civ. And you got a real good fucking opening. You know, like when you play Civ and like you're not like you're playing Civ on like fucking not like Chieftain, like on fucking King. Like yeah. God, like like on a really hard level, right? Yeah. And you're literally playing with like eight other Civs, but somehow you end up on an island by yourself. But like it's on like, your own continent. But it's literally just a whole continent. There's like man, I don't know, maybe one or two uh city states on yeah. there. Because like, like Russia, Russia is like when you spawn on a continent, but you spawn next to like four other fucking like civilizations. Like well, Russia is like if you spawn on a continent and you immediately get your three cities started, and then all at the same time you realize there's five other civs. Yes, next to you, and the U.S. and is you like, have no other expansion. We have you're like ah, you have your own thing, and then like there's like a nation state over here. Also like, trying to do their thing. And like a small civ over here. You got like two fledglings that are just <laughs> like, all right, who's going to claim the land first? Meanwhile, Russia, they're like, no, people are here. Pe- These people here think they're independent. This shit is absolutely fucking wild. And we could talk about it forever, but we shouldn't because it's getting late. 
It is getting late, and, and I have a flight to catch tomorrow. And we have to wrap up, but we're going to connect again, and we're going have to have to revisit this as an addendum or a touch on this behind the bar or something like that because this is definitely something that's going to be continuing, and by the time this comes out, fuck, you don't know. Just like the Russian troops being sent back home by Ukrainian citizens, uh, we will probably come back to this. I will say, though, that I definitely want to make clear that I think it's important that to understand that the Russian people are not at fault. Just as a lot of Americans are not at fault for some of the atrocities that happen, I don't think that we should be rude, mean, or even, honestly, I don't think that we should even stop uh, frequenting businesses by Russian peoples. And, and no, why would you stop? Fre- wait, wait, the Russian tea room, which yeah. literally is like you know what Shenyun is. No, Shenyun <laughs> is like this. It's like it's like a Chinese dance troupe thing. You oh, probably wait, seen it? Yeah, I do know. It's what based about. in pre-communist China, and like it's run by Fala Da, which is like this organization that's like. Whatever it's kind of garbage, but like they're the the <laughs> communist like like the the CCP doesn't the Communist Chinese Party is not a fan of it, right? Mm. It's like if China did something, if you stopped going to see Shenyun, the Russian Tea Room was made by like a Russian ballet troupe or some shit, and they're like anti-imperialist or whatever, and it's just like named the Russian Tea Room, and it's like a super famous fucking place, but like. Just because of what's been happening the last eight days, they've only had like fifty people been be there in the, like the last week. It's like no need to penalize. Wait, the- so does this mean that uh, I can continue doing my Russian twists during my core exercises? Ah, don't know about that. Okay, got to change them to Ukrainian twists. Mm. Well, comrade. it'll be a Ukrainian deadlift and a Russian twist. I don't know, comrade. Thank you for watching. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for watching. Uh, Thank you for using your eyes to listen to our audio verbiage. Remember that imperialism sucks and that... Imperialism, not always recommended. Unless unless it's America. (laughs) Just remember, it's not World War III unless it's from the European theater. Otherwise, it's just sparkling global conflict. I just got to say, do you see all this shit? It's like, it's like, ah, I can't believe this happened. They're white. That happened. It was like a fucking MSNBC. One of the one person's like, (laughs) it's like, it's like, it's like, look at them. They're like, it's like, they come from their homes. I can't believe it. It's like, they're, they're brothers. They look like us. It's like, look at you. Your family. People like on Twitter, like, I don't understand. People are fucking dying. All over Africa and similar fucking things. Nobody says anything. It's because they're not fucking white. Like literally, Ukraine has internet and looks really nice and shit like that. Yeah. And 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 like, but so do the places in Africa. But like, you know, even I'm fucking black American, and I said that. Like, I forgot for a second that like fucking Africans have regular Wi-Fi and have Xboxes and shit <laughs> like that. Like, you know what I mean? People in the world, other than fucking Europe and America. Fucking have Xboxes and podcasts. Yeah, just because they're not streaming at the same times that you're streaming, or they're not doing their Twitch streams when you're viewing. <laughs> you know, like, fuck, they have their own Twitch streams. Yeah. God. They're just not doing them at the same time you're viewing them. It never occurred to me, but that's actually true, because I'm asleep. Exactly. That's what I'm getting. I'm fucking asleep. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, this is, uh, was that in good taste? Um, You can follow me on Twitter. What funny friend and the podcast at uh, uh, was that uh, facebook.com forward slash was that taste and everything that I do, all the podcasts I produce at instagram.com forward slash being human productions because we're just all human, I think. Sometimes he's a human, I'm a human. <laughs> Where can we find you, Chandler? You can find me on Instagram at green. That's right. It's like if you took CeeLo Green and then put Floam in the middle of it. F-L-O-A-M? Yeah. Floam! The fuck is Floam? You know what Floam is. I don't. It's like uh, like a Play-Doh Silly Putty, but oh, with okay. like little foam beads yeah, yeah, yeah. in it. I know Floam. 
I told you you know Flom. I know Flom. What was the one that was like, it was kind of like a silly putty, but you would blow bubbles? I don't know, but is that the same one that you could put on a newspaper and it would take the ink off? And it would no, like... that's actual silly putty. That is silly putty. Okay, I don't know. I was thinking of the one that's like, it's not like bazooka, but it's like, I don't know. We'll get back to it on the next episode. <laughs> um, So, we are, this sounds like Star Wars to me, a little bit. Which side? Oh, Ooh. fuck. No, no, it's a good side. Yeah, this is... There's not like, enough chanting. There's not enough, like... Like, like... Because it's in a major key, major key. If you say so. Um, This is what's that in good taste. Speaking of major keys. <laughs> I'm James Beery. He's James Beery. I'm Chandler Phillips. Uh, drinking... Is not required, but it's recommended. We out. Glory be to Ukraine and to all sovereign states. Seriously, yeah, just like come on, who's going around invading like, independent like, and sovereign like, nations? Like, Real not cool, guys. Like, come on, really? really? One country, two systems? Uh, excuse me. Come on. <laughs>